Today is Friday, January 14, 2022. It's National Bagel Day. Hope you are having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then tell no one. Anthony, Colin, my co-stars, how's the weather? It's cold, but it's Friday, and you know, it's a good day. It's a damn good day. Damn good day. I agree. I agree. It's a damn good day. So, let, I mean, let's start off hot. Who got snubbed in the pros? Who got snubbed in the all-pro announcement? So there's there's a bunch. Um, obviously, the first and the second team were announced today. Uh, 14. I don't know if y'all knew this. 14 of the all-pros are making their debut this year. That is an insane number. Um, it shows the kind of shift the NFL is having this year with the uh, shift of talent, the old guard, you know, letting in the new age. Personally, to me, I thought they did a really good job with this list. I agree with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. I agree with Jonathan Taylor, obviously, as the running back. Uh, the wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, you could argue those guys are the two best wide receivers in the NFL right now. They really did nail this list, honestly. Um, if I had to personally sit there and say, uh, you know, who do I think could be uh, elevated as possibly a uh, first-teamer instead of maybe like a second-teamer or something like that, I, it is a little biased, I'll first of admit, but I still think Bobby Wagner um, was capable. He was listed as a second-team uh, All-Pro this year. He he led the NFL in tackles up until he got hurt in Week 18. I think he still finished top three. Uh, model of consistency for a Seattle defense that was not great all year, but uh, he's been the best middle linebacker, arguably, for the last five, eight years, and uh, I honestly thought he should have gotten more recognition. They did give it to, obviously, I'm not going to dis discount what Micah Parsons did or uh, Darius Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts, but Devondre Campbell, I felt that, like that one was arguable, in my opinion. So Yeah, I mean, like, with this list, I mean, you have, like you said, just going down the list for all the listeners who don't know, um, as Cullen was talking about, the AP NFL All-Pro team just came out today uh, for 2021. Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, uh, Tristan, Tristan Worfs, Worfs, and you know the list goes on with you know some of the some of the players who you know you think who Don't should be on Zach this list. Martin. And yeah, Zach <laughs> Martin. How can you not mention Zach Martin? Zach Martin for sure. Um, Jason Kelsey. I mean, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett on the defensive side. Aaron Donald. Uh, Cam Hayward, Darius Leonard, Micah Parsons, who is a rookie for Dallas. Um, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you know, you, you know, this list is good. I think they could have added some more. I think for the second team, you know, they didn't have another running back. There's only one running back on this whole on this whole squad, which only is not one. bad. What I mean, I understand, but I mean that's how dominant. Excuse me, how dominant Jonathan Taylor was compared to the other running backs this year. If we're being it's, honest, it's a pretty good representation. I'd agree. Yeah, I mean you, but but you're going to tell me had had Derrick Henry be, I'm about uh, to say if Derrick Henry hadn't gotten hurt, I, I mean I would agree. he'd still be leading the league in rushing yards. I mean even after he got injured, he le he was in top five rushing leader for like three weeks. I think he ended up finishing top eight, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the the list pulled up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure even he hasn't played a game since Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> He that's, hasn't played a game since Halloween, and he's still spooky. a top 10 rusher. And he's coming NFL. back, too, which is, like, spooky, spooky. Another, oh, here, here's, man. Um, another argument, again, this is one of those things, I don't know who you would uh, uh, take off from the first team, but J.C. Jackson from New England. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, just to come back in, Derrick Henry was ninth in the ninth. rushing okay. leading. Uh, he had 937 yards. With ten touchdowns in what like eight games? Um, it does not. I mean, if Derrick Henry was it doesn't tell me games, but it does say two hundred and nineteen attempts. Yeah, um, that's more than Elijah Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Uh, which he's ranked above him, not by a whole lot, but still, I mean, to be injured and. Be top nine. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, that says something about you. Dominant. For real. I mean, he was dominant. And it I mean, was. if 
if he was still playing, you know, if he wasn't injured, then I would say I would put him first and then Jonathan Taylor second team. And not to mention, of the top nine that he's that he's part of, he has more than or the same uh, amount of rushing touchdowns. He has more than Elijah Mitchell. He has more than Antonio Gibson, more than Dalvin Cook, more than Najee Harris, and more than Nick Chubb. The only people who have more is Ezekiel Elliott with 10, or equal to, like I said, Joe Mixon with 13, and Jonathan Taylor with 18. Joe Mixon, honestly, you could make the real argument, should have been that second option. Uh, Joe him. Mixon, is he's good, man. Yeah. No, he really... I'm, I'm really glad I, to see I that think, he did well. I think he gets year. overlooked by that powerful Cincinnati offense with Joe Burrow and that Jamar Chase connection. I think he gets overlooked a little bit, but yeah. do not count out Joe Mixon to get shifty. Yeah, well, that's true. No, I mean, it's it's not only that, because I, I totally agree. Like, Joe Burrow, that LSU connection, I mean, that's that's what you think of when you think of Cincinnati. Right. But not just that, but Joe Mixon's been in the league. I want to say this is either his fourth or fifth year. Uh, he's had injuries throughout his career. He's been dinged up. He's been banged up. He hasn't been yep. able to stay healthy. And this was truly, like, the first year where he was, like, just consistently great throughout. Because we all saw the talent when he came out of Oklahoma as a fourth-round pick. And he's finally got to showcase what he was able to do, obviously with the quarterback and Joe Burrow who ascended. Joe Burrow led the league in completion percentage. I don't know if y'all know that. Joe Burrow how, led the league. And, and how many interceptions did he have? Like, not a lot. <laughs> not a <laughs> like lot. Barely any. Not a lot. Um, yeah. Well, uh, not to mention that he's coming back this year from an, uh, I believe it was an ACL, yeah, ACL injury from yeah. last year. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, if Dak didn't have what happened to him, and he had played as good as he did play this year. Joe Burrow would definitely take that, but I mean, it's gonna have to be Dak for play, comeback player of the year. I would be, I'd be shocked if Joe Burrow got it over him. It'd be, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a tough contest. Um, I think Joe Burrow is gonna finish top four NFL MVP odds. I don't necessarily. I'm not saying I agree with that personally. I'm just saying I think the, a lot of the NFL voters are gonna be kind of swayed by Joe Burrow. So I think it's gonna be a lot closer race for comeback player of the year than. Some people might give it credit for. Well, I um, I'm gonna throw in a hot take pretty uh, pretty early. Okay, uh, eating it up. How hot are we talking right now? It's not that I like medium. It's pretty lukewarm. Yeah, yeah, okay. lukewarm. Okay. So lukewarm. And I don't know if y'all are gonna agree with me to not or not, but um, I don't think Trayvon Diggs should be. Uh, I don't think he should be an All Pro. All pro. You're wild. As I, a Cowboys fan, you're saying I, that. Yes, as a Cowboys fan. I, I the mean, disrespect. Definitely, from, definitely. From this side team. of the room, the disrespect. Okay, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. He gives up so many yards. Yes, I get it. He leads the league in interceptions, and that's fantastic. As a Cowboys fan who and the defense that we had last year, I love that. Don't get me wrong. But he is such an oddball of a player. He can get an interception, but he goes after the ball so much that he gives up a lot of yards. And he gets burnt quick. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong because, I mean, over the time, like if he misses the interception or he's going to, or, or if he's going one-on-one and the other play, the opponent gets the catch, yeah, he's not going to be able to catch him. He's not no DK Metcalf speed. Like, he doesn't have that where he can just go, <laughs> catch the receiver and tackle him down. I mean, he can catch the ball because he played wide receiver he in, played, in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he played receiver in Bama. Yeah, that's yeah. where he made the switch to corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I, I kind of see what you're talking about, but I think the interception is just, he, I, mean, I mean, I get they it. speak for themselves. I'm not saying that he don't deserve it. Yeah. I just think you could probably find a quarterback that's been a lot more efficient. Like, I mean, for instance, Anthony Brown, he he has his own issues yeah. with uh, with penalties, but... He doesn't give up a lot of yards either. Let me ask you this. All right. Can I attempt to put maybe a couple ice cubes in your lukewarm take? Let's see. Let's see what you got. Can you maybe just not say completely out of the all pro team? Maybe just say second team? No, I said that. I said definitely second team. Did he not say just out of the all pro team in general? Like, did he not just say just take him out in general? I mean, maybe it's just the first team. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I would, if you're going to sit there and say he doesn't deserve first team. Totally understand. That's why I was, I was trying to make the argument for Jason Jackson. Okay, well, then I correct myself that I, I did not mean to say completely out of the all-pro race. I, me- I meant to say, like, not first, pro- right. m- more, not first, definitely second. So you would say that J.C. Jackson should replace Trayvon Diggs in the first team? 
Or who would you replace uh, Diggs with then? You know, I mean, I don't know. That's a great question. Jalen Ramsey for sure has to stay. I mean, it's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. But Do you have the number of how many interceptions Diggs had this year? I mean, I, I know it was over 10. 11. It was 11. So it was 11. Because I was trying to see if he would pass um, if he would pass the franchise record, but he, he didn't. He just tied it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still an amazing accomplishment, but ultimately— I'm not downplaying it. I'm really not. It's fantastic. <laughs> but Seems a little downplayed, but, you know. I really wish he would catch 11 interceptions and still not give up a 1,000 passing Well, points. ultimately, with the way the NFL game is now, I mean, if you're getting that many opportunities thrown at you, yeah, I mean, it's great that he's able to capitalize on a lot of them, like you guys were saying, but if they're throwing you that many times with knowing that you're getting that many picks— it says something on film that they're, you're not maybe the most elite cover guy, especially like in man or when you're on an island like that. So, like, I mean, Dak doesn't even throw it to Diggs. And that's in <laughs> practice. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, wow. Uh, any surprises uh, on the all pro team for you guys? Was there anything in particular that you guys just kind of just popped out at you? Potentially? I, mean, I, I think just the biggest thing is just you're only going to have one running back. I mean, because there's a lot of running backs and. I think you could have at least put another one on there, even if it was Najee Harris. I mean, I know the Steelers weren't <laughs> great, but, I mean, hey, he put in the work, though. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I know there's probably some— I mean, even with the Steelers not being great and that O-line kind of being not rough, I mean, yeah. even with the stats he put up, I mean, he still did—I think he did pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You're asking if there's any surprises. Right. No, I don't have any surprises. Um— but I mean, man, just let's just highlight how how good Justin Tucker is. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing it for a while now. In right. Ter- in ter- well, here's the thing. So in terms of accomplishments, Adam Vinatieri, like you can't argue the pressure kicks that he's made in his lifetime. But Justin Tucker, in terms of just kicking the ball through the uprights, is the greatest kicker I have ever personally witnessed of all time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it there. I'd have to agree with that. Because it's just the the rate that he does it, the fact that he now holds the record for the longest field goal in NFL history at, what was it, 67, 68 that he kicked earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, and I guarantee you if he ever makes it again, it ain't going to be on a bounce. Oh, no. 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 no, 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 no. That's no. going straight through. I bet you, I bet you uh, the the competitiveness that he lives with, I, I, I can almost guarantee you that he's upset that he made it on a bounce. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you ask him yeah. about it, he'd probably be like, yeah, I don't think it really counted. I mean, it did count. I so. mean, it, it, it <laughs> did I mean, But his personal, it did count. like, but, for him personally. Like, but in yeah, a competitive view, he's going to be like, no, I, I can drill it. Right. I can make it. Like, straight through. I mean, in through. practice, he, dude, in I, practice and I feel like he games, goes farther. I just want to know, like, because obviously Tucker is at the elite end of kickers in the National Football League. I wonder how he kind of challenges himself. Like on a day to day basis, because he sits there, he could probably sit there after warming up and just make kicks like it's nothing, you know. So I'm just kind of curious as to like what kickers do to kind of just kind of push themselves to the next level to kind of create that atmosphere of like a tough kick, like you know, three seconds left in the game, you're at your 40 yard line, just or at the opponent's 40 yard line, you're kicking a 57 yarder to win a playoff game. Like how to simulate that or you know, yeah, that pressure, or how that to deal with that mental pressure. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah. So. I mean, he showed it in Texas, so. That's true. That's, ain't that the truth? A little uh, Texas bias there? A little bit. A little but, bit? Okay. Um, and, I mean, while we're at it, let's highlight, is LSU wide receiver university? I mean, LSU might as well be LSU. Like, I mean, I give it to him. Low key. I give it to him, for real. Them in Alabama, man. Like, I mean, that's it. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, two home runs in a row. Like, for sure, for sure, especially Jamar Chase. Yeah, and don't sleep on uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. out of Carolina either. I mean, I give him some time; he'll be a really solid receiver in the NFL too. Come, and obviously Odell Beckham Jr. We all know who he is, and I mean they've they've got some they got a squad. I like, mean, I just think how crazy it is how Jamar Chase got so good. Like, I'm not saying he wasn't good back in college, but I mean last he was. year because I started watching him when everybody was keeping their eyes on Justin Jefferson. I remember whenever uh, they were on that that title run, mm-hmm. I saw him dust a dude, and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "That guy!" I was like, "Hold yeah. on a minute!" Yeah, I was like, "When did the championship I, game?" I was like, "I went on my laptop. I was like, when does that guy go in the draft?'" Right. What was right. the game? I, I'm trying to remember. It was the game that he had like four touchdowns in the first half. Uh, I want to say it was against Oklahoma, maybe, or am I thinking of Je- Jefferson? I don't. I can't. 
remember because it was it was the uh it was the year that LSU won the championship and it was I remember it wasn't the championship game it was the game against Oklahoma in the college football playoff the game before where one of them just went absolutely berserk and I just remember the celebration of just them just putting up each finger until they got to four um touchdowns by uh by the end of the first half and it just showed how just absolutely utterly dominant LSU was compared to an Oklahoma program who don't get me wrong, they dominated the Big 12, but they just were not on the same level as LSU that day. So Yeah, Oklahoma, I mean, they're I mean, obviously Oklahoma's quarterback you, obviously. I mean, every quarterback is basically <laughs> going to they've had a, Oklahoma. They've had yeah. I mean, they've had they've had plenty for sure. And I mean, I think just drafting wise, the Bengals did a heck of a job. Mm-hmm. They did a hell of a job, honestly. They really did. Like getting yeah. Jamar Chase and then drafting Joe Burrow like the year before. They also did a really great job in free agency as well. Uh, they signed Trey Hendrickson from the New Orleans Saints this past offseason, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's second in the NFL in sacks this year, behind, obviously, T.J. Watt. So, great job by the Bengals. I think they also got a corner. I want to say, was it Trey Waynes? That's wild, bro. Yeah, the Bengals. Like, second behind T.J.? Uh, yeah, Trey Hendrickson, yep. So are we? I mean, let I mean, let's wrap it up. I mean, are we really surprised by any of the picks? I mean, Tom Brady over, you know, I mean, I mean that's obvious. I mean, uh, if, if Tom Brady was on that list, then I'll be like, what in the world are you guys doing? Well, but do we agree with the Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady though? I, I mean, I, Tom Brady is some would say playing the best football of his life, but some would also say so is Rodgers. But I, I Tom Brady's forty four. I think it's one of the things is, is like, yes, Brady's setting all these amazing accolades. Um, for the record, the voting uh, out of the 50 uh, voters who voted, I, th- I believe it was 34 voted for Aaron Rodgers to be first team, and then it was 16 voted for Tom Brady. Wow. Um, so well, it was kind of a surprise. Well, at least you probably uh, there you go, at least you kind of know where the MVP <laughs> vote is going to go. That's what I'm saying. And to be honest, Brady's kind of in an offense where Bruce Arians, he wants to push the ball down the field, take shots, like, put yards up on the board. It's why Brady was ahead of a lot of categories and yards per attempt, all this other stuff. Not saying that Brady can't do it and not Brady's not great, but when people sit there and be like, oh, my God, you know, Brady's just amazing over the top, uh, it, the numbers are skewed just a little bit, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, is Brooklyn going to be the favorite? I mean, Kyrie, they're saying Kyrie can play full-time, and if Kyrie can play full-time and James Harden can pull his act together and act more like James Harden, is Brooklyn going to win the whole dang thing? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Go ahead. You already you already knew what happened. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we talked off the air about we this. And, we did. You know, whenever my good old Chicago Bulls lost right. to your Brooklyn Nets, it's okay. So we talked about this earlier in the week, and like you said, it was before the uh, Brooklyn Nets were going against the Chicago Bulls, who were one and three respectively in the Eastern Conference. Uh, if you saw through the first half, it was actually a pretty close game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It, it very low competitive. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Durant, Harden, Kyrie. I mean, it was it was a show. It was two of the best Eastern Conference teams putting on a show in a January regular season game. And then that third quarter happened. And the Brooklyn Nets absolutely blew the doors off the Chicago Bulls. And it's one of those things that, getting back to my original point, Right, Chicago is a really well-run team, team. They put it together a, ni- a lot of nice pieces in the offseason. They're competitive on the defensive end. They've- Including Alex Caruso. Absolutely. <clears throat> Can't forget him. Absolutely. Um, but to me personally, if and that's, that's the big thing that Kevin pointed out at the beginning of this block. If Kyrie Irving can somehow figure a way to get to where he's playing home games consecutively, he gets back into more basketball shape, and he's continuing to progress... I, the sky's the limit from this Brooklyn team. I just think that if all three of those guys are playing at the top level, like you said, uh, assuming Harden can get up to that level as well, the sky's the limit for Brooklyn. Like I can't I, get back to that level. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, that's. I feel like the problem is you said get back to that level. What do you mean? Because he said that James Harden's got to get to that level. I said he's got to get back to that level. Right? Yeah, and and, right. and if he gets back to that level, then we'll see something that we've never seen before from the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think there's an issue with having three superstars trying to lead a team. I mean, we've we've seen it work before, haven't we? True, <laughs> very true. But Golden State, yes, true. Uh, Miami, I I don't know. There, t- only time will tell. We're not that far into it, but uh, I don't think Brooklyn's gonna win it. But 
I mean, I don't think so, so either. Would, so who would your, because I, who would I, y'all's teams be then? I mean, at the end of the day, we all we all hype up these big teams. We all you know the media and everybody that we we all hype up these big teams that got the most players and the people that we would dominate any other team with on two K or you know Madden <laughs> or you know et cetera et cetera. But yeah, it, they're never the ones that hold, win the whole thing. I, like I said, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't want to say never, but listen, man, I, I've used Golden State with KD plenty of times on 2K, and I saw them win a couple of championships. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but uh, there is a chance that Brooklyn could have. It. I don't know. I think I think people need to. I think despite the Bulls losing to the Nets, I still think people need to watch out for the Bulls. But okay. And this doesn't sound great because the Warriors did kind of. Uh, they kind of get a little bit demolished yesterday <laughs> by the Bucks, but uh, I, yeah, they did. <laughs> I, I think the Warriors are a team that people need to look out for as so, well. So let me ask y'all this: just like 2016, and I didn't mean to cut you off there. So y'all two are both saying that Brooklyn would not be y'all's title favorites, correct? No, I'm if not I, saying if I'm, I had to make a bracket right now, no, there would not be. Because okay. I would, because yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I would still put Milwaukee out there too. Well, now that now you're talking, Milwaukee looked. Phenomenal, as Kevin mentioned, against the Golden State Warriors the other night. I mean, they just they made him look like Giannis is just playing the same league. Yeah, yeah he just playing with the league, playing. man. He's just playing, man. Yeah, that to me, like I said, I I just truly believe the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be Milwaukee and Brooklyn. As long as obviously you know they're not the two and the three seed, and they have to play in the semifinals. And as whatnot. a Mavs fan, I'm just surprised that we're at fifth and we're barely over 500. Yeah, yeah. fifth in the West. I mean, hey, listen, you know it's Luca and KP. Obviously, KP's been out. We've been having a lot of COVID issues, including right. Jason Kidd still being out. Yeah, I just so Luca. Luca, first of all, the first thing I'm going to tell Luca if I'm, you know, head coach Jason Kidd is like over Zoom call, of course. Yeah, exactly over <laughs> Zoom call. Uh, six six feet, obviously. I would tell him that Luca come into the season in shape because it's now back to back season. I agree a hundred thousand percent. He's done it the last two seasons and it's a, it's a big part of why uh, Dallas has started not great these past two years. And I think if he just were to take the off season seriously and just to work on his body, work on his conditioning, it would do wonders for the Mavs playoffs. Why? Cause they, you could argue they could be fighting for that three, four seed if not for their horrible start at the beginning of the year. Yeah. They, that's true. And it's been happening the past few years. They start off horrible and then they pick it up and then they are, dominant towards the end of the year and then we first round exit first round exit every single time absolutely so i mean let's um anthony colin one of y'all want to pull up the uh, mvp favorites i I got him right here for you all right so uh give me the top five top five so i'm gonna list them as favorite going down okay so stephen curry according to vegasinsider.com stephen curry is the favorite to win league mvp at plus 135 kevin durant for brooklyn is number two at plus 220 Giannis Antetokounmpo is third at plus 750. Nikola Jokic for Denver is fourth at plus 1400. And at fifth, that man from Memphis, Ja Morant, at plus 2500 is the fifth best odds to win league NBA NBA MVP as of this morning. Now tell me where does DeMar DeRozan rank on there? DeMar, so he's six, seven, eight. He's eighth at plus 3500. He's That's... behind LeBron James and Joel Embiid. That's uncalled for. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, DeMar Rosen should be a little bit higher. And I mean, from... I think, I hate to cut you off, Anthony, but I think that the term most valuable player nowadays is thrown way out of proportion. I think people are thinking, who is the best player in the NBA right now? Preach. And that is not what the Preach. not what the MVP is. It is who is the most valuable player to their team. They yeah. they have done this with MVP awards in multiple leagues, um, not just the NBA. Uh, to be honest, the Heisman Award honestly has done this for many years now. Very much so. And they just but they are not, but it's not called most valuable player, right? Yeah. So at least that, at least they have that right, and they don't have that tag on it. It's uh, really the who's the best quarterback, right? Seriously, uh, and the, you know the NBA just needs to, I don't know, rename this award to something else. Maybe after Kobe, maybe after you know. Mike, uh, whoever you want to name it after, but they gotta, they gotta, they gotta figure out because it's not really clear necessarily on how the the NBA media votes for this award. Because it's it's really is it the best player on the best team? Is it the who is actually most valuable to their team? Is it the best player in the NBA? I mean, we really don't have like a clear 
way of knowing how the uh, media votes on this award. I, I think that's my biggest issue with it. I agree. I, like I said, the, the Rosen not being top five is absolutely pitiful to me. John Morant up there makes sense. Jokic yeah. makes sense. I mean, especially without Murray. I mean, it completely makes sense. I'm not saying those guys aren't good, mm-hmm. but Steph being number one is kind of ridiculous. I get it. The Warriors were struggling for a while, but they're still stacked. Yeah, that's true. They're they're, yeah. like, they're still stacked, especially with Clay coming back and Draymond. I mean, they're yeah. still you stacked. still have your core. Yeah, uh, Clay's not in game shape yet, and I really I'm really interested to see James Wiseman because I think that just gives them another element that they could go to. Yeah, um, versus the bigger teams. So anyway, so to wrap up that, uh, who do y'all think will win the the MVP? Honestly, I I know it's kind of early, so I mean, it, and, and it's kind of hard. I mean. Steph is having a great season right now. Giannis is dominating I feel like it's the league. Died down though, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would say one since Clay's coming back. I mean, I don't think he's gonna the the rankings are gonna be high as much for Steph. I but agree. I would say, I would say Giannis, Jokic, and KD are at least gonna be top. Yeah, three. how is how is Gian, where's Giannis at on that list? Giannis was third. Okay, Giannis Just was third. Sure. Uh. It, to answer your question, Kevin, um, I pr- I made some predictions before the year. Uh, I did pick Kevin Durant to win the league MVP just because I heard what Kyrie was doing um, throughout the uh, this whole vaccination thing, and I kind of figured that that could play into Kevin Durant hand Kevin Durant's hand coming off the uh, injury and just being able to you know put up some extra numbers now that Kyrie wasn't taking some of those touches. I didn't realize how bad Harden would fall off this year due it's to It's going to be change. hard for anyone to win against Kevin Durant, especially if the Nets continue to do good cuz if he don't play they lose. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, that's true. Ultimately, Curry was the one leading the MVP race by a mile and it's really closed the gap ever since he uh broke that three-point record cuz he hasn't shot the best since that uh moment that he broke it in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Garden yeah, that's Florida. true. So That's true. I I think it's a wide open race. Uh, I I agree. I mean, if you throw Steph, KD, Giannis, uh, that's really and Jokic. For, and at, Jokic. Le- at least your top three is yeah. gonna be Steph, uh, Steph, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. Absolutely. I mean, KD because like honestly, with Kevin Durant, you don't know what you're gonna get from the other side. Like Kyrie, Kyrie may not play at home games. You don't know what you're gonna get from James Harden. Well, they're trying to change that. The Kyrie to play the home games. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, to we'll it... see how far they get, yeah. but right now Kyrie not playing the home games, That's and then now, James yeah. Harden's you know playing how James Harden plays right now, not Houston James Harden, of course. And nope. it's like okay, KD, give him the ball, get out of the way. Like so. Um, speaking of players not playing, uh, what what's the recent uh, what's the recent things on uh, Ben Simmons? So I believe you pulled up that article. Kevin, correct? Yes. Okay, it's not loading. Oh, there it is. Of course, as I say something, it loads. Um, basically, so Ben Simmons' agent met with the Philadelphia 76ers. He flew from Los Angeles to Philadelphia to try to come to a resolution. Obviously, this resol- uh, this impasse that they've had has been going off since the offseason. Uh, ben Simmons has not appeared in a game for the Philadelphia 76ers this season. And ultimately, he's collecting his money. Yes, he's having to pay fines for every game that he misses, but... You know, relative to his salary, I think he's doing okay. Safe to say, um, it, I don't perceive anything particularly, you know, uh, new coming in the next few days. Hopefully, we will get s- something done by the trade deadline. But I, I think it's just the same old story. When's I, the trade deadline? It's at the shortly after the All Star break. Okay, I don't have the exact date pulled so, up in front of me, but. So I know that it's not, I mean, there's not a lot of talks right now with the Ben Simmons deal, and I know the 76ers don't want to deal with it because they're in the middle of trying to move up the ranks. But, I mean, what 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 is the chances that Ben Simmons goes to a contending team? I mean, with all this smoke <laughs> that's going on, I, I mean, don't know, man. does a contending yeah. team even want to touch him? I don't think so. I mean, he's, his trade value is down so much. He can't shoot the ball. He can play great defense. He can facilitate the ball when fantastic but he just can't shoot the ball and honestly i don't think that you really need that if you have shooters around you i mean i would say last year people were talking about it was in the offseason they were talking about trading ben simmons to golden state and if you did that you could be fine because you have shooters all around you but you're i mean that's what draymond is 
No, but that's the thing. But I think, Draymond can shoot. But Draymond can shoot. Uh, ish. I, I don't want to mid range at least. I mean, he can I, shoot, but I'm Ben Simmons can't shoot the ball. He can't shoot a brick. No, Ben Simmons <laughs> does. Ben Simmons won't shoot the ball. It's not that he he won't shoot it. Well, he shoots he good will mid. Will not shoot it. He, shoot, like he Draymond, shoots decent mid. Like Draymond can't shoot from three at a rate that obviously Stephen Clay can't. But he'll at least like if you just leave him wide open, he'll at least throw it up. Ben Simmons, you can leave him wide open, nobody within ten feet of him, and he will not shoot the shot. That's that's the that's yeah, the thing that right. mind mind. Uh, just to answer your question from earlier, the trade deadline for the twenty twenty two season is February tenth. Yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, that is it coming is. Like, up. It's coming up fast. So, I mean, would Ben Simmons, would ben Simmons look good on the Mavericks? I mean, we have defense, true. It would help Luka a lot, uh, I think. Here, would he be the third superstar that we need? I So, here's the thing. If a trade like that were to happen, obviously, you would need to swap salaries. So, you would have to give up KP in a trade hypothetical scenario unless you were to... I don't think we'd have to get rid of KP. Are you sure? Very. Okay, if you if you can you put you can put together a a trade package with Brunson that looks really good. No, I'm to say, the Sixers. I'm not saying player per player. I'm saying for the salaries to work, because they need a score that's not big. Well, I understand. Here's the thing that I don't necessarily love that move for Dallas is because Ben Simmons, what he is right is he is your floor general, right? He's your floor general. He's the guy that you. Well, sit not there. right now. Well, obviously, right? But if he's on your team, he's the guy that you sit there, you, he's bringing the ball up the court, he's going to try to get the offense going, he's going to play great defense, all that, right? The Mavs already have that. Luka is that. Like, what the Mavericks need for their second superstar is a guy that, yes, he can create off the bounce, but that's not the only way that he can help the Mavericks win. Yeah. And like, even by salary, I mean, Ben Simmons' contract is $33 million. Right. KP's is $31 million. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I it just don't make sense. Like, it, it it to me it doesn't make sense because you're you're just you're selling a bad contract to another bad contract or a not so good contract I'll say that yeah Cause and because you can't because I again I'm not sure of the because I know the the Sixers excuse me the 76ers are pressed against the cap I'm not sure about what Dallas's cap situation is looking like but I'm willing to bet that they just can't straight up trade Ben Simmons for a guy like Jalen Brunson off the bench and just be call it even. I mean, you'd have to add KP. If if you were to trade KP, you would have to add some other other assets, obviously. KP, Jalen Brunson, and another pick. Right. To get Ben Simmons. But, I mean, Ben Simmons, I think it would help. But I, what are you going to... Both of them are ball-dominant players. Right. Like, Ben Simmons needs the ball in his hand, so does Luka. So what are you going to do when yeah. they don't have the ball in their hand? Because if you play Luka and Ben Simmons on the floor together, Ben, Sim- where are you going to put Ben Simmons? You have to essentially have Ben Simmons as the roller or the guy's the dunk spot, and it just doesn't work. I mean, we see what, what LeBron James has to deal with with Russell Westbrook, who also can't shoot. At least Russ, again, will force ice the cold. shot. Yeah. Ice, ice, ice cold. cold. Ice cold. You guys see what the Kings did to and Russell Westbrook? Trey. Yeah, he was yeah, not was happy so about it. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA told him they can't do that anymore. And that's coming from a Lakers fan in Anthony, too. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And apparently AD is supposed to be returning pretty soon. They need it. Yeah, they do. They, they need it. But, I mean, I think, you know, going back to the Mavericks, I mean, you trading... Not Luca trading Ben Simmons for KP. I mean, can Ben can, can Joel Embiid even play with Kristaps Porzingis? That's another like thing. On you the don't same even consider it that end court, right? I mean, because KP obviously can stretch the floor and everything, but like the twin tower quote unquote aspect of having like two bigs in there is just a very outdated concept in the NBA. I, I mean, like it work. I mean, they work it in Indiana with you know Sabonis and Miles Turner, and it, and and they work that perfectly. Which is fine, but I just don't see KP. Well, it's KP and Sabonis's uh, game. Uh, not the same. It's definitely yeah, not the same. Their game's not. The, I just couldn't think of the word. Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're not the same. But I mean, just having Joel Embiid and Kristaps Porzingis on the court at the same time. I mean, they both basically play the same. I just don't see Daryl Morey go from going for that personally. I really don't because I I feel like he's really trying to get a guard. That can sit there and run the pick and roll with Joel, and that it can also take the scoring pressure off of uh, his big man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so great insight. Yeah. So yeah, great insight. Uh, so Anthony, you mentioned earlier the Pacers. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just catching wind that that the Mavs are actually, and I know I'm Mavs biased, but this is the tra- the most recent trade. Uh, rumors that I've gotten so far. Um, 
but uh, there, there's there's uh, there's a rumor going around. The Mavericks are interested in either getting Miles uh, Turner or John Collins. What are y'all thoughts on that? Who would you take over? Uh, would you take Miles Turner or John Collins if you're the Mavs? If I am the Mavs, and you know, big shout out to the president CEO of the Mavericks. Um, big shout out to you. Um, who's doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, if I were the Mavericks, I would... And, and if I was trading Kristaps, if I was trading Kristaps, I would trade for... I don't think we trade Kristaps in this in this situation. So you would have Miles Turner and Kristaps on the same court? Yes. Kevin, let me Kevin, let me ask you this before. You already have Miles Turner with Sabonis right, right now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin, let me ask you, are you, are you of the opinion that the Mavs should keep Kristaps or should trade him? So whenever Kristaps first got here and he had all his injuries, I, I wanted him gone, but after the report come came out um, earlier uh, or later last year about the issues that um, uh, that coach that coach Carlisle was causing with the Mavericks and the friction that he was creating between him and Luca him and KP and and all that I kind of really got a, a a real good picture of why KP was one playing the way he was and why he wasn't being efficient <clears throat> Since kids taken over, KP's been not I only want to say dominant, but he's been a scorer. He's been making points. He mm-hmm. he has been he has been what we needed. Right. I think we need a third star. Getting rid of KP to add someone else is putting us in this essentially in the same situation. Yeah. No, I mean I get that. I I can I see that. So as a Mavs fan, as a Mavs fan, I want to hope that we can work out a trade deal. Where we give up a really good prospect, or not a really good prospect, but a really good, really good young player in Jalen Brunson. As much as I love Jalen Brunson, his game. He's a baller. I love him so much, but I understand as a player or as a uh, as a fan that we can't keep him and get someone good. I just don't see it happening. If we could, dude, I'd love that. So would you trade Jalen Brunson for John Collins? I mean, in my opinion, Jalen Brunson could be a could be a could be um like a starter? Well, no, I don't. I don't want to say starter, but as far as this year, I think he could definitely be a runner and sixth, uh, sixth man of the year. I can see that too. I can see that too. I mean, he's he, he's he's putting up numbers that are really really good this year. And, and he's young man. He's and young. he's young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't know if you know trading Jalen Brunson, like let's say for Miles Turner. I just don't know how it would work. I mean, Miles Turner is such a dynamic big. I mean, but I think just with some of the injuries he's had in the past couple of years, it's like, okay, you get Miles Turner, KP, both very injury prone. They're both out. Who are you gonna put in there? Powell? Like, <laughs> like I'm just saying. I mean, you just got to be careful with that. I mean, John Collins, on the other hand, he's a high flying bird, you know, in the sky who can jam it down as a power forward. And I mean, you see what he does with Trey Young. And I mean, if Luca was with that. Who knows what could happen? I think, and I think, and I think he's more dynamic too. Right, I I agree uh, with Anthony's take. I would take John Collins over Miles Turner just to give some uh, uh, clarification for our, our viewers or listeners out there. Uh, John Collins this season is averaging sixteen point seven points, eight point four rebounds, one point six assists, uh, about a half a steal and a block per game. Whereas Miles Turner, he's 12.7 points per game, averaging 6.7 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 0.7 steals, but 2.3 blocks per game. Um, me personally, the Mavs already have, and I don't want to, this is going to sound weird when I say this, but Christoph Porzingis is not the most athletic in terms of like being able to laterally move with his feet. Jump up, dude. He's seven foot. What do you expect? No, but that's what I'm saying, though. So I don't want to get another player similar to that, aka Miles Turner, to go with that. So I'd rather have the more athletic, explosive, you know, option that could potentially anchor the defense in John Collins. And just personally, I just think John Collins is the better player out of those two. Just I mean, general. I don't think that John Collins could really anchor the defense. I mean, obviously, Miles Turner could anchor the defense. I mean, Miles Turner almost led the league in blocks, he was like at least second last year. So which is fair, and I understand that they are averaging 2.3 uh, blocks for Miles Turner as compared to one for John Collins. But right. I do believe John is an underrated defender. I, I get that they have Clint Capella down in Atlanta who's holding it down and carrying a lot of the defensive end, but if you're 
sitting there and going for a small ball lineup, and you just need somebody where KP maybe uh, can't get on the floor, whether it's due to injury or maybe just a bad matchup, I feel like John Collins would be the perfect guy that you could sit there and play at the five, and he'd be a perfect kind of stretch big, athletic big that can run and switch on pick and rolls and all that. So that's I just my opinion. I think, you know, I think, and according to um, a report that I got from Sports Illustrated, um, it says that Miles Turner is a more likely trade possibility than John okay. Collins because the Hawks actually haven't even expressed interest in getting rid of John Collins. Right. That's understandable too. Right. And that's it's a key just, piece. It's, yeah, it's just purely the Mavericks being interested in John Collins, and that's dating back all the way to uh, free agency from last year. So. Right. And according to the report that I that I looked into, it's showing. That um and we talked about talked a little bit about um uh, Jalen Brunson and his production for the team and his his uh trade um uh trade value yeah his trade value and it's pretty high obviously but they're saying Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably out. Wow, I know we just signed him to a big deal, but he is not playing great. He's not. I mean he he's that energizer that you need. Brunson's out playing him. Yeah, exactly. That's the only yeah. thing. Yeah, Brunson's definitely outplaying him for so, sure this yeah. season. I don't know if we can get rid of that kind of uh, that kind of uh, hit that he brings to the team, but Miles um, Turner is definitely the the more possible, and that's kind of why I'm leaning to it. That's kind of why I'm leading to it is because I would rather have Miles Turner, who is a Texas native. I mean, he went to he went to UT, but. He's expressed playing for the Mavericks before. He wants to play for the Mavs. Uh so, you know, I'd rather have somebody who I'd rather have somebody who wants to be here over somebody who's kind of traded to be here, you know, that doesn't he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to Dallas." Okay, cool. Yeah, the New York Mavs. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> we do a great job of uh concealing our uh Hey, y'all got Dennis show. Smith Jr. and I really miss him. I do too, man. I don't know where he's playing now, but that was some talent wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like Luca and he was so good. I mean, I mean, there's the only thing with that 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 session or that stint was, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. played with the ball. You know, I mean, he played on ball, but him and Luca matched. They did good. Did they though? Man, they did all right. Because when Luca came in, that. it changed everything. Changed. I thought he did all right. I thought the duo was all right. But that's besides the point. I think Miles Turner would be amazing to put on the Mavericks. At this point, with how dead we were uh, over the offseason, I'm killing for a freaking trade. I mean, and Miles Turner's contract is only $18 million too. I wanted Dame Lillard so bad it wasn't even funny. Dame Lillard's not going anywhere. That's a fact. Yeah, he's he, but he's loyal wherever he goes. He ain't going nowhere unless he gets traded. So Right. But, you know. If he, if he gets traded. That's neither here or there. And speaking of Damian Lillard, um... There's actually a, a a reason why there's no there's no conversations being had um, in the Blazers facility as far as where he could or could not be going. Why this why the media is so absent over there is the new owner of the Blazers is also the owner of the Seahawks. Let's see if y'all can make this connection. There's no media connection. She she has no, she does not talk to the media about what's going on inside. She does not talk to them about who's going where or any kind of like. There's no daily media meetups. Oh wow! Now, Colin, you're a you're a <laughs> Seattle boy, die uh, diehard. Die see if you're gonna rip me. Can you no no say no? My I'm not, no, no. Can you, no. Can you say my name right, please? I said not Colin, co- and it's not semicolon. It's colon. I didn't say semicolon. You did say colon just now. He did. You did say colon. Yeah, like colon like semicolon. Right. No? That's what you. Okay. Just said. Well, I've been known to say words wrong. Exclamation mark, Colin. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Put you. some excitement to it. Exactly. Anyway, that's the reason why there is no Seahawks conversation coming out. Well, because so, she also owns the Seahawks. She oh, does. Snap. She does. Well, it was her family, so it was. Uh, I forget her husband's name, but her husband uh, recently passed away. Exactly. Uh, over the past year, she took control over both franchises. Yes, the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks are under her kind of control, as you can say. She's actually, believe it or not, meeting with Pete Carroll, uh, head coach Pete Carroll and John Snyder as we speak at this moment. So um, definitely something. What I will say about the Damian Lillard thing, just to kind of steer us back to the NBA, um, Damian Lillard is hurt. He's having surgery on his abdominal, so he's not going to be getting traded at the trade deadline. He's going to be out for a minimum of 
I don't know, yeah, like eight weeks, six to eight weeks. It'll be a while, yeah. Um, yeah, a couple weeks. So obviously being injured, he will not get traded. We're going to have to resume those talks until the offseason, at least for Damian Lillard. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and big shout-out to CJ McCollum because that I, I can't believe he's hurt for— I'm glad he's coming back. I mean, yeah, of course he's coming back, but, I mean, just all that time he's missed. Yeah, well, it may explain why. Hey, CJ McCollum's a baller, too. He's a he bucket. Is. He's he a bucket. bucket. It's he just is. I think now, and, I mean, we can move on from this. This is, like, my last point, but it's like you guys have tried the CJ McCollum Dame Dalla for years now, and it's not working. I'm sorry. Yes, you made it to the Western Conference Finals against Golden State, but you lost. Come on, guys. And you, fail, and you failed to and put, you got that, swept. And you failed to put pieces around Dame Lillard. Exactly. Over and over and over again. So it's like, come on. Okay, that session has to be over. Last thing I'll say to it, uh, two undersized but he won't leave. offensive guards that don't play defense don't work. Take notes, Cleveland Cavaliers. Hey, the Cavs are fine. I'm just saying. Yeah, you've the Cavs seen are fine. the Cavs. You got bigs that play defense. Saying, That's all you need. You've seen the Cavs. They're listen, doing dog. just all right. Listen, they got two undersized guards. Colin Sexton, I will say, does play defense. Uh, but Darius Garland. Phenomenal. Darius Garland's a defense. bucket. He's a bucket, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I just, I don't really know. Anyway, to wrap up the NBA. Uh, so the MLB and the, uh, and the MLBPA did meet yesterday. Um, so, but the, uh, MLBPA basically said, uh, nope, the MLB proposed their, uh, their thoughts, their ideas, and the MLBPA was like, mm, no, have a good day, see you later. So there was really no resolution. As predicted. Well, the report was, and I quote, no positive yeah, they had no interest in it. Spring training now is uh, being threatened very seriously so, so, with no yes. advancement in talks. So spring training, we're, not, we're be, not far away from it. So spring training is going to be in February 2023, right? That that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, 2023. Good, good shot. Or 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 in December, but it's the winter, so <laughs> yep. we may not have a baseball season. But who knows? I mean, you yeah. know, you know, we we covered this a couple days on the radio. At KNTU, and I mean, you know, we had some some stuff about this this whole entire thing, and I mean, you know, they just got it. I don't know. I mean, I understand players want to play their best friends, but you got to look at the contracts. Like, if the money ain't right, then it ain't tight. Period. <laughs> so, yeah, you're just gonna have to make some hard decisions and just say no. We we can't we can't sign you to our to to our ball club. Right. Period. Like it's, I'm it's, failing right now. It's literally, oh no! It's literally ridiculous. And the fact that you guys, I'll could be not, right back, homies. And the fact that you guys could not get to a solution on this, when you had until I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was December, mm-hmm. at least December to get this straight, and you couldn't. It's a problem. It's a big problem. Uh, man, I so I'm trying to just think because we went over the dates on Wednesday. Obviously, that podcast didn't air. So I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I believe that the international uh, players free agency opens soon, among other dates. And spring training, like you said, Anthony, is right around the corner, and there's no progress of anything. And uh, obviously the season was set to start in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Spring training is supposed to be in February. Yeah, dude, and it's – I don't see it uh, progressing anytime soon. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see what anything could pursue because the players are dug in on this. The owners are obviously dug in on it. And, uh, yesterday was a great chance to at least somewhat progress, you know, just get some, some headway as to, uh, you know, potentially having a season, potentially having anything every time, potentially having a resolution. And, uh, ultimately, uh, we weren't able to get to that point. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous, honestly, with the whole entire thing. And I mean, you know, Joy Hyman, who's a who's the MLB insider, um, he tweeted out, I believe, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday that, and I quote, MLB raised raised pay for younger players, higher minimum salary, and more money for super twos in their proposal. Players' union saw overall offer as disappointing. End quote. No word about a con- of about a counter yet. Long way to go, but fortunately, there's still time. How much time is more time? Like, how, like how much time do you have? 
Well, they are in week seven in terms of the lockout. So that's how long they've been sitting there going back and forth. Uh, All right. Sorry, guys. I had to go take care of that. I'm back now. And I will say, I got word. Our picture for the for the podcast is almost done. So we're making upgrades around here. Just got to throw it out there. Anyway, back anyways, to what we're talking anyways, about. Back to baseball. The how, more anyways, important how, subjects. how much more time do we have? Like, like, not we have. How much time do they have? Not a whole lot. Not a lot. Like seven weeks into this lockout, and you guys still haven't gotten to a resolution, a solution. And I mean, only I, met twice. And only met twice. Like you guys got to meet a little bit, at least every month or something. At least every There's other. There's got to be budging on one, at, yeah. at least one side. Pitchers and catchers were slated to report middle of February. Doesn't look like that's happening now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we we'll just, I don't know, man. We're just gonna have to wait and see. I uh, it's uh, it's definitely up in the air. Like, who has the highest contract in the MLB right now? The biggest one? Uh, I believe it was just signed not too long ago. I don't uh, know who has the biggest, but I know Scherzer has a Yeah, Scherzer has a huge contract. He has a monstrous deal. And it's like, I understand you want to give these players this money. It's millions of dollars, obviously, but... And I get it, you know, I'm not I'm not harping on anybody's money right now. I mean, hey, get your money, you know, <laughs> like, like, for real. If they're going to give it to you, then go get it. But... It's like, do we have to pay these players so much money when, and then get into, you know, money talks where, okay, we ain't got no more money. Like, we're paying this person way too much, and now we're in a lockout. I well, mean, the fact that Max Scherzer makes more than the entire Orioles payroll that's combined a, like, yeah. is kind of stupid. So I want to. I mean, there's things to be addressed for sure. So yeah. I want to read out the largest contract extensions in MLB history. Give me three. Uh, do you want to give me just the top three? Yeah, yeah top three. Top okay. Three. Uh, number three, Francisco Lindor. Okay. Uh, yeah. New York Mets, he signed a 10-year, $341 million contract. Okay, move on. Runs through 2031. Jeez, man. Number two, name you might have heard of, Mike Trout. Signed yep. with the yep. Anaheim yep. Angels, yep. Yep. 10 360 years. $360 million. Definition of baseball loyalty right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's chilling, man. He's playing in baseball in Anaheim. Summers are great. Weather's great. No titles. Yeah, you know. That's pretty great. Some, some things <laughs> no matter. No titles. That, yeah, that's... Well, at least the guy who signed for the biggest contract knows a little something about winning titles. Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 12 years, $365 million. See, you that know? one makes sense, though. That one makes sense. You're talking about the Dodgers there. Yeah. I mean, you yep. bring in Mookie Betts, and you know he's going to... You, you know what you're going to get when you sign him, obviously. He's arguably... I mean, he, I think he's no doubt top five in baseball. You could argue him top three, top, top. He's one of the he's he's one of the best. For Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. Like, no cap Hall Definitely. of Famer. Like for sure, from the resume. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but some of these contracts, they don't make sense. Like Mike Scherzer contract, really? That it's much? Crazy. It's kind of crazy. But he does keep. He keeps balling, man. He does. Yeah, that's true. Every year you think, all right, so his age is going to start showing and he'll start, you know, he'll start slipping and he don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He just don't. Love playing with him on the show. <laughs> that's why That's why the MLB is in a lockout right now for seven weeks. Going on eight. Because all the players are at home playing on the show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, probably. Who knows? All right. Y'all ready to wrap up the first hour? I think so. I think we had a great first hour. I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the first hour. Go check out the second one so you can hear what Colin and Anthony think about Kyrie over AI. That's a hot take for sure. And the coaching issues in the NFL. For now, we're signing off. See y'all in an hour or two.